Hello and welcome to the Future Group Podcast, a place where we discuss the future of work and the work of preparing an educated workforce to meet the market demands in a wide range of industries. I'm John Harris, your host, and in today's episode, we talk about the audiovisual technologies industry and the exciting careers that that sector has to offer. It's a multi-billion dollar industry you've probably never heard of, and a severe talent shortage means great opportunities for training and high-paying jobs. As the first high school students learn audiovisual skills, an international trade group envisions bright futures for young people entering the workforce in the near future. This spring, Downey seniors are preparing to launch into the world of next-gen content sharing from engineering and installing stadium sound systems with large-screen tech to programming innovative user experiences. My guests on this episode of Future Groove are Joseph Valario and Sean Glumis, and they explain why the career opportunities in this field are endless. Joseph is the Program Director of Member Engagement for AVIXA, the Audiovisual Immersive Experience Association, which is a trade organization for the audiovisual industry. Sean is an education consultant for 2CPR Group, a consulting firm providing educational support for building high-quality career technical education pathways. One thing that sort of struck me as I anticipated this conversation was that I'm surrounded by audio visual in ways that I'm not even aware until I start looking. It's like when you buy a red car, then all of a sudden you notice all the other red cars out on the uh, out on the freeway, right? Yeah. <laughs> so when I started to look at audio visual, and then there was this other thing too, audio video comes up as well. I started to ask myself, or at least notice, I don't think I understand this industry as well as I thought it was because it's much more expansive than, than I ever imagined. So maybe Joseph, if you could help us a little bit understand what the industry is itself in, in terms of and those terms of audiovisual, audio video, and maybe some of the sectors that this industry focuses on in terms of the solutions that are provided. Sure, John. Happy to provide some color there. Audio and video, frankly, come down to what human beings see and hear, right? And that's kind of where the namesake comes from. And the industry itself represents companies far and wide globally who span a whole gamut of a buying chain They're dealing with this technology. It refers to the creatives behind a lot of the experiences that we see today in our daily life those who design all these experiences, those who engineer these experiences and the technology itself that we all use every day in our daily lives, our classrooms, our corporate boardrooms, our theme parks, our museums. It's, as you said, everywhere. So the term audiovisual uh, is kind of a catch-all, but it could be anything from a craft to an industry, to a labor force, to a, a serious kind of world that everybody who is looking for a great job out there, frankly, can be a part of. And that spans manufacturers of technology, those who sell that technology to 
end users and buyers around the world who put together these experiences in those museums, in those football stadiums, and uh, those who build cinemas and those who build all the things that we do in our daily life that either bring us entertainment or help us learn or help us do our jobs better on the, on the job site. And the people in between are also part of that, John, too. So again, we have the manufacturers who make all this great technology that we can have our audio and video experiences every day. And they include distributors of those technologies to get those things from places A to B to the people who need them. There also are the sort of resellers in that market as well who work with manufacturers to help people who are building those sites that we see every day uh, sort of make those proper choices. Um, within those companies, you've got salespeople, you've got accountants in those companies. You've got people who know the technology on the engineer side that help the daily user at the university or the high school classroom understand the technology as well. And so hopefully you're hearing that there are people in all parts of this chain in this larger kind of global industry that make that happen for us every day, whether we're at the bus stop, whether we're riding the train, or we're sitting at home playing video games with people across the globe. So when I uh, did a little bit of research in this particular industry, I ran across references to uh, display, signage, audio, control systems. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? And it's technicians that go into working in this particular field, are they trained in all of those areas or do they specialize to some degree? Maybe help us understand those different sectors. The other thing about this industry that I think is most exciting to your listeners, John, is that many, many people historically who have worked in this field have kind of fallen into it because they've done sound at their church, or they are a DJ on the side and they do weddings, or maybe they're in a band and they love music. And so those people often, the many of us, like myself included, we find our path that way to hearing about a company that does control systems, like you mentioned, that are panels on the walls to help bring the lights down or to turn the projector on in the classroom by touching a button. And maybe they also hear about a company who manufactures loudspeakers because they've seen that brand at concerts that they attend, or they look behind them and the sound and lighting person is using some certain equipment that they aren't really sure makes them curious. So those companies are out there looking for people who and employ people who uh, both, again, kind of engineer those things because they are really interested in the science behind that, or they need people who work as the technician, like you mentioned, to help make sure that all of that equipment works well so when the band comes into town that everyone's paying to see can be heard really well. So there's a number of different areas in the professional audio world that are out there, including the traditional touring person who travels with the band and helps make that happen. There are a number of people who work in this profession who work with displays, like you mentioned, and that has changed year in, year out, where you might traditionally have had a display screen or a television in a corporate office. And maybe at a bus stop, you also see an advertisement for a donut or a coffee shop or something. Yeah. That is a display too, right? That has changed even more so because now displays can interact with people's telephones. And you can have experiences in a place like New York City's Times Square or in downtown Los Angeles where you could use a, a website on your phone or an app on your phone to 
actually have something come to life in the city and be a three-dimensional reality experience for people too. So displays are now so small and so thin that we've got professionals in this industry making that a reality for people as well. And, and so it's no longer even a small TV display. It can be down to small LED panels that are put together by the thousands to make a huge scoreboard at the new LA Rams stadium, right? Yeah. So that's a great example there too. So on the visual side, all kinds of technologies that are continuing to get smaller, brighter, stronger for people to do new things with. And on the audio side, again, our ears are important too. So whether you're listening to a professor in a college classroom or having a conference call, almost like we are doing this podcast, those audio pieces all need to work together. And so those manufacturers, though those providers of those experiences in our industry are out there every day putting those in walls, putting them in ceilings, putting them in concert venues, putting them in places where we can hear something really well or in an airport so we can find our gate to make our travel a little bit less stressful. And so it really expands all the way from what you can touch, what you can see, how you can control windows and lighting all the way to what's on the network. And so there's a lot of people now who are important to this industry because they have programming skills. They can make all these devices connect to a network at a local high school so all the classroom projectors can turn on at the same time. Or uh, you know, you might go to another corporate environment where they need all those displays, like you mentioned, to sync up with announcements about something happening in that building so the employees can go to a meeting or they can select a room for a business call, those types of things. So, Sean, jump in here a little bit. I know um, you're the one that introduced us to Joseph and Avixa. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved in uh, the AV scene here and your connections to it. So I actually come from the content side. Uh, my background, both in industry and in, and in education, was digital media. So the creation of content. And I taught at the college level, at the high school level for a number of years. And I ended up in uh, Sacramento working on a project statewide with all of the pathways. So not just our, what we call arts, media, entertainment, and uh, our IT area, which this falls under, but all the different ones. So what I ended up doing was going to all of our trade shows because that's where I get to meet everyone in a much, uh, in a very condensed environment. Instead of seeking out our industry partners, they're all in one place. And through uh, a mutual friend who worked in the AV industry, they introduced me to Joseph. And this was, oh, I want to say seven years ago, Joseph, somewhere in that yeah, range. It's been a while. And yeah, we've been working on this at as at an industry level for a while with the education world. And we started uh, working together to help bring the AV industry into the classrooms from an education side of the world. So we don't have many programs in the state. We had a few at the colleges. And so we started with those. And a lot of those grew out of the theater departments and uh, similar programs. So live live performances. As the years went on, we worked together to bring teachers to uh, a conference called Infocom, which is a VIX's uh, big trade uh, convention every year. And uh, as we moved through, I started working with uh, Downey Unified and you, John. And through all the grants and everything else, uh, we started putting together a plan to uh, start building out a program in Downey that addressed uh, the audiovisual side. And John, you asked a little bit earlier about audio visual versus the audio video. 
And in the education side of the world, we've used audio video a lot, both at the K-12 and at the two-year and four-year level across the country. And really what that is, is like television film production. So it's content creation. And I think there's, I don't want to say there's a lot of confusion, but there is confusion in the education side of audiovisual versus the audio video. And what I like to say, keep it real simple, is on the audiovisual side, we help deliver the content that the audio video side creates. So audio video is content creation, audio visual is delivering it and also creating experiences. I know Joseph brought that up a few times. That's a huge change in delivery. And so things like AI and not, sorry, artificial intelligence, AR, VR as well. So augmented reality and using your phone and everything else is becoming a big part of that audiovisual side. So in the education sector, we have a lot of audio video programs that I've worked with and I've actually taught into at other schools. This is a, a departure from our traditional what we've done before and uh, really a first as well uh, across the education sector. There's been a handful in the, in the four years, but um, I'll throw it back to Joseph on that to kind of explain on the K-12 side where we are in the program that we're running. Well, thanks for that clarification because there there does seem to be a lot of mixing of the of the references to uh, to the industry and, and the kinds of things. I think I'd I'd like to hear uh, Joseph's story in terms of how did you find your groove uh, in the AV industry? Been around for a while. Sean made a reference to meeting you seven years ago, and you were in in this scene. And so, what is your story with regard to AV? Well, I, I like, as I said, most folks I'm included here, John, that I started as a musician uh, and I've done that my whole life. So music is really my bailiwick, but I'm in a unique position today here talking to you because I don't represent specifically an audio visual or audio video company. I don't represent a manufacturer. I don't represent uh, an integration firm that's seeking employees to do those installations at the local, uh, you know, corporate environment or something like that. I'm uniquely placed because I actually am representing AVIXA, which is the Global Industry Organization, which is short for the Audiovisual Integrated Experience Association. And so for your listeners, that's essentially the trade organization that represents all of the companies in our buying chain and anyone who represents people who use the technology on a professional level. So that, again, is folks in the education world who are using this in their classrooms, all the way to the big football stadium down the street. So they're using all those kinds of technologies. They're implementing those technologies to create the experiences Sean alluded to, and then using the content from the providers out there, like the folks who did Mandalorian, for example, for you know Lucasfilms and those groups. They're all using that integrated technology the same way. So I'm representing the organization who helps all of these companies do business help provide a hub for our industry to grow and to prosper and host one of those examples being Infocom, our largest North American trade show for the professional audio video industry. And what we do for the companies in that industry specifically, other than host those trade shows, is provide education certification and best practices and standards for them to follow in the field, ultimately so that our profession can be taken seriously out in the world, can receive great benefits as employees at those companies, and then ultimately help it grow and prosper on an economic scale as well as the trade organization. So 
I've been with this organization 10 years and working in various forms of education, providing you know, hands-on skills training for our profession and for those professionals in the industry so they can go out in the field, do their job really well, represent their companies well so that their business continues and continues to grow. And I think the full circle here is meeting Sean helped us also use our charitable kind of workforce development arm to really pursue uh, helping our industry grow as well on the employment and talent development side. It's a very, very important thing for our industry companies right now. They are having so many fantastic jobs because we, we're predicting, at least in our economics, that the industry itself this year is going to reach $258 billion in revenue. So that's a big chunk of annual growth and so forth. So what that means is, hopefully, those companies all over the world continue to have jobs for their employees, continue to grow in the jobs that they do around the world. And that means they're looking for very, very skilled talent to do that. And so Avixa is, is well-placed here to talk to you, why we sort of worked here with Downey in the first place to say, why don't we produce a nice pathway right into our industry that is quite non-existent all over the world? Because I mentioned earlier, most people fall into this field that we need more pathways from education institutions around the globe. We need more community organizations to help people from underrepresented populations join the ranks of our industry. And frankly, that's why it was exciting to us to work with Sean, to work with you and Downey, to help build the skills up at the pathway level in California there so that they can join those companies all over that state, really make a difference in that field. Sean and I met with a, an industry CEO uh, pretty locally, and, and one of the things that he referenced was a conversation I believe that he had with you, Joseph, about some concerns that he had about filling an educated workforce pipeline for uh, this particular industry. Can you make some comments or, or comment on what the biggest challenges are with regard to the jobs there and what what jobs are available? When I did a search on entry-level income or entry-level salaries, I was amazed at, uh, one, the demand, and, and two, the, the level of compensation for an entry-level position. Right. And sadly, um, but we like to say the audiovisual industry as a profession is the biggest industry that no one's ever heard of, right? No. And and frankly, that's what that CEO and many like them were saying, I'm sure, that one of the biggest issues that employers in our industry have is finding talent. Half of that is awareness by people to know that that's a viable career path, which is something we are all equally trying to achieve as an industry. And with Avix's help, hopefully that companies and employers can achieve that more quickly. Uh, and then the second piece is those that become aware or those that are excited to learn more, gain the skills, gain entry to those employers and find a way into that as a pathway. And so that employer, I'm sure, was speaking volumes like many others to say that, A, they don't know where to look for talent, and B, when they find a pathway like yours, how do we then help bolster that knowledge and that experience to help them come in as talented professionals? Now, because there is actually such high demand, I would also add, John, that 
employer's hand over fist keeps saying to us that it's not even necessarily the skills that are most important to them right now. It's the sheer lack of physical bodies on the job site that they need. And they are more than happy to use their dollars and their capacity to help train their employees on the job, help them get certified, help them take industry training and specific sort of manufacturer training to help them do their jobs better. They're really just looking for bodies right now people who are dedicated, who want to be a part of a team. Maybe they work outside a traditional nine to five, which can be exciting to a lot of young professionals and in willing to learn on the job and work hard. And more than that, they, they just want to look for work. So I would say that that's the biggest challenge right now that we continue to face is both the awareness of the industry as a viable career path, and then also sort of helping them earn that skill into the trade as well. Well, the workers that we want to send from our educational uh, settings are, are not just bodies that, that know nothing about a, AV. We'd like to send entry-level employees that uh, know something about the industry and have a skill set that make them immediately attractive and having a competitive edge with regard to the application as well as the salary that they might earn. Sean, you worked in the educational uh, realm in this particular area. What are some of the essential things that should be part of that skill set? So uh, customer service is number one that we see, because in a lot of these cases, when they're working the AV world, they're going to either be working with internal customers like your corporate people or construction, or it may be forward facing to the public as well. So having those good skill sets, and I think that's across the board in all of our pathways, but also understanding that the technology is changing rapidly. So they may learn something in a pathway. They may learn a specific tool, software, or installation. And by the time they're actually going out into the field, that has evolved, changed, or upgraded. So it's almost like the computer side of the world. Things change so rapidly. So being able to learn on their own is another key trait that they need because the companies that are bringing them in, like Joseph said, they're understaffed, undermanned. So they're going to be looking for that skill set of can we give you a project and you figure it out based on what your, your previous knowledge is? So working that into the classroom is a little more difficult, but it's not impossible. And it's really getting into that. Can you research on your own? Or as we say now, can you Google it and figure it out on your own? Also to you know, punctuality, those things, these are all those soft skills that we always talk about. But because there is such a shortage in this industry, as well as some of the other ones, uh, like our entertainment industry, there's just a shortage of people across the board. Uh, we hear it from our employers and our industry people is they've got to show up on time. You know, they've got to be there on time. Um, and we all say be professional, but really for this industry too, just I was on the outside of it in content creation. And the more and more I've gotten into the, the other side of this is actually having a passion for it as well. And that goes for, you know, most pathways, most industries, but this one, it's not a job, it's a career. And I like to tell the students that I go, this isn't just a job you're going to go get and install cable and, and, you know, drop wires and do stuff like that and throw screens on the, the wall. This is something that may, you may be here for 40, 50 years. And if we look at the industry, a lot of these people are, they started maybe in high school in the old AV programs, which was, you know, drag around the, uh, the movie projectors and yeah. set them up in a whole other generation. And that kind of went away in the, the K-12s, but those are the people that are still there and that's where they came from. And so you, you run into people who've been around for a long time. 
Uh, and there's a passion there and you get to surround yourself too. in a lot of situations. Um, the other day I was actually um, in the classroom over at Warren High where the uh, the program is. And one of the students, he's a soccer player. He's totally into soccer, watching the Man U game. He, he's passionate about that. And as we were talking, he's one of those really good students that picks things up quickly. And I said, you know, every football stadium in the world has some type of AB going on from the bottom all the way to the top. And, and I think he knew it, but as we talked more about, it, I said, you know, you go to the Coliseum here in Los Angeles, or you go to SoFi, uh, there's so much that happens behind the scenes. And, you know, he wants to be professional football player. I said, yeah, but no one ever plays football, baseball, or soccer forever. There's always another side to it. And you could stay within that industry. You could stay within the sport you love and do something that is a career for, you know, really the rest of your life. Or if you don't get into the sport, you could still stay around it. So that's one of the big things that I like to talk about with the students and and really opening their eyes to one of the big, I would say, advices that I give is it goes back to that same kid with the soccer is you have all these things you like to do. This industry covers every single one of them. So if you love sports, there's opportunities there in broadcast, in the stadium, traveling with the teams. If you love music, it's just massive. So looking at it and construction students is another one. Uh, we had a student in, in the program that's also in the construction program and he knows electrical. And I just looked at him. I go, yeah, you're you're pretty much set. You can go either way on this one, but you're going to end up working in AV and electrical because you're going to be doing drops. You're going to be installing things. You're going to work with the AV techs. So opening your eyes up and looking at not just one industry. And I think a lot of times is they just see, oh, the lives, the live concerts, or they go to Las Vegas and look around, you know, that's like a giant AV paradise. Every single wall in there has something to do with it. But behind the scenes, you know, I had another student ask me, I said, well, all this, you know, all the sports books, all of them are massive AV installations across the world. And so I said, it's just, you can go to McDonald's and you go through the drive-thru and it's there. So there's there's tons of opportunity. And as Joseph said, we don't have the human beings to fill those jobs. So it's even a huger opportunity right now, especially for students coming out of high school, looking for a living wage job. And a lot of our people in the industry, they may go to college, but they don't go to college for this. Like Joseph said, they fall into it. They may have gone for business, but they end up at a company doing this and they end up in installation or you have an accountant or something like that. So we have a lot of opportunity for students coming directly out of high school in this industry. When students are prepared with a, a skill set that uh, that matches uh, AV, uh, what role would this play in the gig economy? Say, for example, uh, some folks that wanted to work job by job, is there, is there a place in uh, the audiovisual uh, industry for uh, folks that, that want to want to work in that while they're pursuing additional educational goals or, or, or whatever? What have you seen in that particular area, Joseph? That's, in fact, a great niche that we see constantly, John. It, it, the sort of freelance, the gig economy is something that the audio-video world, audio-visual world really helps people thrive in, I think, because uh, on one hand, you can work for a, a union, specifically like the Yahtzee Corps or those groups like that, that call you up when there's need, and so you can continue your education during the day and maybe do shows, work in a hotel for conferences at night, as an example. 
people can have their own business. We have a number of freelancers who run their own business as contractors in our business in that sense. And they have uh, you know, a form that they fill out like every other W-9 and they, they can work job to job uh, depending on what their availability is and there's a finished school, like you said. Uh, and some sort of uh, integrations that might happen in a building where the construction crew is over and the architects have already been through everything, you might do a job only for a short period of time as well. And so those skills that they come out of Downey with will make them transferable anywhere they go and throughout their career. Uh, and so whether they choose to be freelance, that is certainly a choice, or whether they join a kind of a, a major corporation that does integration around the world, or a small mom and pop business in downtown Los Angeles that installs screens in the metro, you know, for example. So that skill that they're coming out of the Downey program and why we've worked with you on that is so that they can come out with transferable skills so they can take on their career in any direction within our industry. It's very much a hub and spoke, like a bicycle wheel, I like to describe it. Great. As we come to the end of our time together here and talking about this uh, really exciting, these really exciting opportunities for students, what's your hope and vision for what comes out of the partnership that we have together with uh, with Sean uh, and yourself and, and Downey Unified? I am hoping that the next time we sit down together, we have a wonderful story that we can tell of students who have graduated from Downey and they've immediately worked in internships and been hired right out of that program at companies already telling us they're looking to hire Downey students. And so uh, we know that the, the, the desire is there even in the backyard, let alone anywhere in the world they want to work. But <laughs> companies like Disney are coming to us looking for employee help and, and Carnival Cruises are looking for help and brands you can even imagine who students are eager to see out in the world. Uh, and so I think that as long as we can get them ready for that, I know the next time we chat about this, that we'll be telling success stories of those students who have gone on and are making salaries in the 60s and $50,000 right out of high school, which is very, very common for those without even certification in our industry. And then Hopefully, uh, you know, the story also continues with them getting that industry certification and making even more money and putting their mis their themselves out there further. So we know for a fact that this is a very purposeful relationship because the end of the tunnel is high paying salaries, working in, in various parts of the businesses and different types of companies, and that the expected annual rate and tailwinds in this industry continue, John. And so the more we can support your program, the more wonderful stories we'll be able to tell at the end of that. Great. Sean, any closing thoughts? Uh, ditto to everything Joseph said. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, from the education side, um, First of all, I want these I want these students to go out and work in the industry. And even if it leads to something else outside the industry, that, that that's a pathway into all the different opportunities that spoke out from it, like Joseph said, from a, a bicycle wheel. Uh, but internally uh, with the program, we've done very well as in our first year, which is uh, this is the first semester. We got a great instructor and in Bob over at Warren. And we're really laying the, the groundwork. We're still purchasing. We're working with our industry uh, partners. Providing this pipeline does take dollars, which thank you from Downey and all the grants and all the hard work that the department's done over there. Uh, but it's also getting all the equipment in and making sure that we have stuff that the students uh, can work on and touch. And Avixa and the partners uh, with our industry have been great to step up because of that need. Um, but you know, if I can take that student with good skills, skills with the basic knowledge that the Avixa 
education side of it, which they've been great giving us uh, what the industry wants and getting them the certifications out of the gate, which is our AV essentials. And then moving on once they're in the industry, like Joseph said, there's other certifications there. They're called the CTS. And those are done usually when you're working in the industry, but wrapping all of that up and having a solid student who has a passion for this as well. And I've seen that in the classroom this semester. These kids really love doing this stuff. They may not like doing some of the the book work, but they love doing the hands-on. And then they realize, hey, I got to learn about all this other stuff before I do this, (laughs) just like any other pathway. And really teeing these kids up going into industry, the partnerships that we've been working with, uh, going to Infocom with the instructor, we brought him out there, meeting with uh, the presidents of these companies, they're welcoming us with open arms. And come this spring, is getting the kids that we have in this first group that are seniors out and into the workforce and into the opportunities that they have. So that's our really big next step here that I want to see is getting those kids into those jobs out there. But it's been exciting. I love it from my end. Just it's something that of a little bit of a passion project. I think with Joseph, we've been doing this for a long time and actually seeing the ship not in dry dock, actually out and and launched. It's floating. And it's floating. Exactly. Sean. <laughs> oh, it's more than floating. We got people on board now. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and then that that growth there is a strong pathway and in having something for those students from the middle school into high school into industry. That's the the fifty thousand foot level when I look at it and say, okay, we've got them excited at the middle schools. We've got them into the high school programs. We got them into the pathway. And we've got them into industry, into these exciting jobs and making a very high living wage coming directly out. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Well, this ship certainly has uh, started and launched and uh, is steaming ahead. Sean and Joseph, thank you so much for spending time with us, helping us understand the industry a bit better and how it impacts us and the great opportunities that are there and in helping our students to find their future groove in audiovisual. Thank you for joining us today on the Future Groove podcast. You can find the show notes for this and other episodes on the Future Groove website by connecting to futuregroove.com. You'll also find links to organizations and resources referenced in today's conversation. You can contact us through the website or by emailing us. Our email address is john at futuregroove.com. We are especially grateful for our executive producer, Kelly Cooper, and our pre- and post-production engineer and studio master, Nicholas Chamberlain, at Every Word Media. Until next time, I'm John Harris wishing you all the best in finding your future groove.